Welcome everybody. You are listening to the Omni Channel podcast, a podcast from digital marketers to digital marketers. I'm your host Dominique Legrand and my mission is to help fellow marketers and entrepreneurs to grow their businesses online. So buckle up and let's get started. In today's episode, I had a chance to talk to Sam and he has been absolutely amazing in giving so much valuable advice as I don't even know where to start. We spoke about how he's got his agency over 100k and what were the, some of the mistakes that he had to learn on, through the process. Uh, we talked about qualifying clients, we talked about what are the mindset that someone had to adopt when it comes to scaling your businesses. We also talked about hiring and firing and the process of going about that and how to build a company culture that is based on transparency. Sam also shared his techniques in closing and if you guys are interested in he said some very very important key things when it comes to your closing technique. And we also talked a bit about the pandemic and how he managed to persevere um, despite the pandemic. So we have so many interesting topics we covered throughout this podcast. I really hope that it's going to be just as interesting and, and insightful for you than it was for me. So if you're interested, keep on listening. Um, all right, Sam. So first of all, thank you so much for for saying yes to my podcast. It's Thanks lovely to me. have someone like you here mm -hmm. who helps agencies uh, scale up from a hundred k per month, which is insane. <laughs> um, can you tell a bit more about your niche and how did you get into this business in the first place? Right. Yes. Yeah, so look, I started with sales. And I think that's something that's a Everybody, common denominator, like. <laughs> right? That's a really common denominator. Like we got Gary V, like who used to pick like you know flowers out of people's backyard and selling it back to them, and we got Sebri from King Kong as well. Like you know they all kind of started from sales and they moved to marketing. And I think that I kind of had the same journey as well. Me too, by the way. I work shop. for GE. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> What did you sell? Uh, I was selling medical devices for scientists. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I was selling perfume and I was in a shopping center or just moving around selling in different shops. And, you know, and that's where I was kind of like, you know, very passionate about, you know, the fact that we can influence someone, whether yeah. offline or online, like that's where that passion begins. And, and then I moved to marketing with my business partner and one of my, my closest friends at the time, and we're still working together. It has been my journey. So it moved from, uh, you know, and the fact that I was good at sales, it all, it really helped me. I think that's like the, the, the key to moving from zero to 100K. For me, it happened really fast. And the reason really? is just, it, we, wow. it happened quickly. Like it happened really quick. And I think it still could be quicker if I knew the fundamentals of, you know, I, if I knew the fundamentals of running an actual business. And uh, it happened because of sales. You know, it happened because I was good at going and knocking on people's door. That's how I used to, how, like, you know, that's how I started initially. I was knocking on people's door and like, okay, look, I want to grow your business. Let's have it. Let's book a time. You got 20 minutes. I'll come back on this date, on this, you know, and this time. And then we talk about, you know, how we can grow your business. And that's how I was getting the, you know, the initial clients. And, uh, and then there was the point, like, especially like when you go the first 100K, like uh, in, you know, AUD, there's a point where, you know, the, You, you cannot have more time to actually work on the client to get them result. And you yeah. want to grow your, you know, you want to turn 100K to 200K. Like you want to double up your money again. And then there's just that ceiling where you're kind of stuck because the more time you're putting into getting clients, then you see like you have less time to actually work on those clients and you stop, you know, reducing the quality of your delivery of your, you know, your service. You start exactly. losing clients. And then there's that sort of ceiling that, you, you you know, it's like I'm almost stuck. And, you know, and that ceiling exists on every stage of business. You want to go from 100K to 200, 200 to 400. That always is there. Mm -hmm. So that was the ceiling I faced at the time. Then I started, you know, uh, learning a bit about like team building. Like it doesn't have to be me who do everything. You know, me and oh, my business way, partner, we can get Oh, by the way, did you get, get into the 100K all by yourself or with your business partner? Yes, What? with my business partner. That's insane. <laughs> I thought <laughs> you had you. like a whole team running at the 100k and you just expanded somehow after. 
Yeah, I got to 100K, then I had, like, you know, and I was kind of stuck there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because of that same reason I was mentioning, like, I just, like, okay, I'll do the job, like, you know, and then it just, it's hard, like, I, can't, I don't have time. You know, I want to get more clients in, like, I'm getting clients, and, and by the way, not every client, like, you know, I didn't know how to pre-qualify a client. Mm-hmm. I get someone, and they just, you know, they're not a good business people themselves, and just, I'm just investing my time into someone who's not delivering their own service right. Mm. And, you know, and then they're not having that pre-qualification and one, one mistake I made, like if someone is listening and if I want to, like, you know, my goal is to add value to people listening to this podcast. One thing is focus on one thing. You don't need to be good at everything. That's what I started doing. I'm mm. like, okay, I want it all. I want to have it all. I'm super enthusiastic. I'm super passionate. I want to be every industry. I want to tackle every, you know, I want to expand my service as much as I can. And I want to be the biggest I can. So that's, it sounds good in theory, it just doesn't work. And it's just the slowest route you can, you know, you can go forward. So, you know, so that's how I'm trying to, like, even still to this day, I'm trying to sharpen up, like, you know, what exactly I'm good at and just try to eliminate most of the things that I'm good at and start being great at one thing. It's a, you know, it's a good worst great. You know, you cannot be, you cannot make your first million being good at what you're doing. Like, you, you have to be, be excellent at the end of the day and thrive for excellence, Absolutely. right? Yeah, just look at one thing. Like, see what, like, what everything you're doing right now. What is one thing that you can be the best in the world at? And try to. Like, and it doesn't have to be too complicated. Like, you know, that's a problem with you know the the academic way of learning about marketing. Like, you go on YouTube and you search about you know what I need to do, and there's all these different terminologies. There's all these different things you can do. But at the end of the day, like, just it, all of that. It just we're just putting terms into things that you know we just want to make something. We we want to make a meaning out of nothing, mm. and. We overcomplicating the processes to a point where it just we're just confusing. Like, where do I get started? Yeah. So just focus one thing. Just try simplify everything and be good. Like, you know, for example, be good at like you know, be the best in the world at getting leads for a certain niche, which is what I'm trying to do. So right now, my niche that I'm focusing on is in flooring and blinds. These are the two industries that I'm you know I'm very dominate on. Like you know, I'm trying to dominate Australia on these mm-hmm. two niches, and I'm getting them leads and I'm helping them nurture the leads and you know convert them into customer. Mm-hmm. But being good at less things, it just it helps me to grow a lot faster. So you are essentially with the sales. Are you are you still doing sales? Are you are you still closing or or are you with the lead gen? For myself, I'm closing mm-hmm. as well. Okay. See, that's like the CEO. You cannot escape it. You know, it's something that the CEO CEO is always going to be something that they're going to be doing. Yeah, so you, ha- you have not outsourced the sales process. You still keep that in-house for- and you do that right. yourself. I did try it. Mm-hmm. So I did actually have a team. So, you know, and it, we grew the team. Like we had a team of three full, like, you know, full-time salespeople. They were getting the leads. You know, we were getting, like we were doing our own marketing as well. And then we're trying to, you know, have meetings. Like there was a point, there was a month where we, we had at least three booked in appointments every single day. Mm-hmm. And that was like an ongoing. And we didn't have enough, you know, uh, I think the sales team that they, they were not experienced enough, and I realized like I was kind of like that. Sales is something that no, it's people don't want to do. You know, it's like something that, like we want to kind of run away from it. It's like if someone, I hope someone else can do it for me. So I was in that position. I'm like, okay, no, I want to. You know, my conversion rate is going to be always the highest. Mm-hmm. And if I like, you know, like, so the so so I, so I'm still I'm still involved in that process. But we're not getting as much new customers as you know we used to because we're pre-qualifying customers. Mm-hmm. Like for the first time, like this year, for the first time, there are people coming to us and I will tell them, I'm not going to work with you. Mm-hmm. That's something I could not imagine before. I'm like, oh, I, for this, I want more money. You know, yeah. so that, that mindset sh- uh, switch, switch kind of happened in my mind. So I'm like, okay, the focus is on them getting results. Uh, do you think you also had to raise your prices in order to disqualify some people? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit, so, you know, so if you don't dictate, the, the client going to dictate the processes, the prices. So me knowing a certain exact, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to work. This is how much we're going to communicate. And this is how it is. Like, we, we, I mean, doing this for a while, I know what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So this is how we're going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm always open to optimize the processes, but that, that, like, not just the prices, but even the how. So some, mm-hmm. some clients, they want to have daily meetings. I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. It's going to waste your time and my time. Mm-hmm. So that became one reason we are getting less clients and obviously the industry itself as well. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I think that's important to really have those boundaries as well and just know, okay, this is what we're going to do and we're not going to do a website for you and not going to do that. 
the rest of it. Um, so uh, are you still, in, you said you're working in home improvement and that's your niche. Right. Yeah. And what do you think is, is next for you? Like in that aspect, you said you want to dominate Australia. Do you want to, you know, step out from that as well at some point, the country itself? Yeah, well, that's something that, you know, I, it's, you know, it's something I think about, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm still haven't been close to even dominating those two niches in Australia. Mm-hmm. Like, the market, like if I dominate those two industries, I'm, you know, like I'm talking million plus income. So I have, I'm not close. So, but if I, so there's two, two routes that I'm thinking in my head, what I'm going to, what's going to be my next move. So once I dominated these two industries, it's either going to be me making these two, focusing on the same niches, but going to other countries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, you know, the UK, uh, UK is very similar how the market is compared to Australia. So like, you know, I can tackle UK mm-hmm. uh, or alternatively, I can add new uh you know, companies within within new industries within Australia that are very mm-hmm. similar to those two. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's like home improvement. Yeah. So, so that's like, those are the two routes. Like I'm still like, you know, I'm, I'm sure once I, I'm closer to dominating these two industries, then I will be, you know, making a more certain decision. But for now, I'm just, you know, those are the two potential routes for me to go in mm-hmm. future. So we talked about your qualifying process and you said you pre-qualify leads. Can you talk a bit more about that? How does that look like for you? Yeah, so it starts even from like when you, who you're going to be targeting. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm not targeting every business in Australia. I'm first, like there's a few things that I'm qualifying in the customer avatar. One is obviously the client himself. They, they have to, you know, that's something that we talk about through the sales process as well with them. So first, mm-hmm. they have to be from these two industries. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to, you know, they have to actually want to grow their business and they need to have to be, you know, have the capacity to have enough more work for them to make it worth even having another agency helping them to even grow faster. And then like, if, if they don't have the desire, like some people, they just want to maintain their income. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them in Australia. You know, I think Australia, like we, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's the great, one of the best countries in the world. But one downside is people don't have the same desire as they have in America. You know, mm-hmm. not every business owner wants to be the fastest. They just want to have a good, relaxing life where, you know, they can go to the beach and enjoy the time with their yeah, family. I can feel you. So those, yeah, absolutely. So those businesses, actually, those people are, are the people, we, you know, we know, right now we're not, you know, that's something that we re- reject through the pre-qualifying. Because if they don't want to grow, like, obviously, they can have a fun life. I'm not saying that I just want to get people who don't want to have fun. No, I want people like that, but, uh, but I don't want people who don't want to, like, you know, don't want to grow their business. And once they come in, one other thing that are pre-qualified them on is their personality, their characteristic. They mm-hmm. have to be uh, already good at sales. They already have to be good at delivering the pro- uh, you know products. So that's mm-hmm. something that we te- you know we can talk to them, communicate, and make sure that we get their agreement on. Mm-hmm. Like you, we're gonna give you this list. You're gonna waste all your you know we're gonna we're gonna waste all our efforts getting your leads. So how but, do you? Yeah. In practice, you said they already have to be making sales. So they're not, you know, some scammy business. They have to have a desire to grow and they have to be in a certain industry. Like for your for yourself, mm-hmm. it's your niche. So um, in practice, like how does it look like? Do you get in a call and be like, hey, do you want to grow your business? Or are you put essentially already filtering it out by, you know, an advertisement that is, Hey, do you want to grow your business? Like, how do you actually in in practice go about the filtering process? Yeah, so it's a list building. So I usually, we either call them or we also run ads as well. So we get Mm -hmm. like a list and so it starts, the pre-qualifying starts from the list building. Mm -hmm. So like I've figured like so far from, you know, what I've been like, you know, the analysis that we have done, people with low page likes who have created their page recently and who are in these two industries, they're the highest chance of mix, you know, converting. Mm-hmm. So, so I create a list. So I kind of like, I have this Excel file and I sort it so I can, you know, target and start contacting these people, whether through email marketing, SMS marketing, and also through like Facebook ads. We have, you know, we run Facebook ads as well. Mm-hmm. And then when we, and then we book a time for us to talk to them. And then mm-hmm. when we are talking to them, that's when I figure out if they're good at sales, yeah. you know, and then if they and the rest of the, uh, you know, also the rest of the things that, you know, we need to, this is how we work. Do you agree with this? This is mm-hmm. what we do. This is what we expect from you. It's not only what you expect from us. This is, you know, this is our expectation from you. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, like, I want to have a good repetition in this business. Like, you know, I've been, I have happy clients. I don't want to, I don't want my repetition to be ruined. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. will you be able to, you know, will you be able to do your part? 
for us to succeed together. And that if they say yes, and that's when we go ahead. Wow. That's really good. Um, right. So can we talk about then the scaling? Because you said you were stuck at 100K and, and kind of what are the practices? What are the mindset shift that someone has to implement in order to get past that mark? Yeah, so first of all, you got to be profitable. So, so that's the thing, you got to know your input and output. Like, you know, you got to know exactly how much it costs you to get that customer, how much is going to be money that ends in your pocket profit that you can either put in back in the business or something that you end up, you know, yourself with. That's something that's really important, especially like, again, you know, passion can sometimes be dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that I wanted everything, I wanted to do everything, you know, all the services in the world I want to offer them. Like that, that's dangerous. Same thing happened with, you know, with income as well. So at one point when I was stuck, I realized the reason is I'm just focusing so much on the income, not on the profit. Mm. And that like the way, you know, I, you know, in book, investing books like Benjamin, you know, what, so what they say is if you want to assess a company's health, if their company is healthy or not, you see if the profit is there or not. You mm. don't look at the income, it's the profit. Mm -hmm. so, so that's one thing. So you got to realize, okay, this is how much profit I have. And that becomes like a success measure in your head. And like that, that already, like you start playing out again, like you, you, like you said yourself as well, you increase your prices if you have to, because yeah. you make sure, okay, this is not profitable. So that's one way you can, you can uh, scale to bigger because with that money, you can start getting more team members mm -hmm. and it all becomes about building systems and building people. So you got to be good at these two things. So you got to see, okay, looking from the bird, uh, you know, bird eye from like looking down, like what is my organization lacking? What is something that I cannot do myself? I prefer to give it to someone else. And mm -hmm. you start breaking down your task. So uh, if I show you like my task management, the way I manage my own task, like there's four different columns, which is I, I, I learned it from uh, seven habits of six, uh, successful people. Yeah, yeah. And it says break down it in four columns. And, you know, the things that you and that's how you can how you know which one which task you can dedicate to someone else. And then mm -hmm. you start thinking, OK, I need someone to can do these things. So that's like, that's the way I go about this. And that, that's what helped me to grow to, you know, to grow past that 100K mm -hmm. by just systemizing and also building the team. And then I can, it's like, okay, cool. Profit, system, building team. And now, now I can replicate the same success I had and I can double, triple, you know, and et cetera. Um, how much time do you invest in training these people or do you already look for people that has those skills that you're looking for? Uh, it's both. So it has to be like these people that, you know, they have to obviously like what they're doing. So we have weekly meetings where we discuss, you know, we have meetings where we discuss about certain things that I think that's necessary or something that maybe the company is lacking at the time. So we like one person, even like the, the managers in the company, they actually will do, you know, they'll research, they'll talk about what the rest will get advantage, you know, benefit from. And that's like the sort of culture we have. So everyone's kind of promoted to learn new things. So they prepare a, a presentation every week. Oh, and wow. also like the, so that's, that's the ongoing, the ongoing thing we have. But, uh, you know, initially it's also really important, like who you, you know, who you get in your team. Because, mm -hmm. you know, in, in a, uh, you know, in some, uh, in a book that was recommended by Jeff Bezos, great versus good, uh, great to good to great. Good to great. The book yeah. suggests, yes. Yeah, so the book suggests like you, you get someone you pre-assess, you know, you, you pre-assess them. And then when you get them, you're either going to work with them for two months or you're never going to work with them again. Mm -hmm. And that's some, some, and that's, by the way, that's another mistake, where, uh, you know, I made initially as well, which was kind of making it harder to move from 100K to 200K. Because I was getting people and I was making them become someone else. I was hoping, you know, I build relationship with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to end that relationship. I believe that, you know, I initially believed that they're good in the company. And I said yes to them. And I started, you know, expecting things that I cannot do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's very hard. This is the hardest thing to do, but it's the art of firing at the right time. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's something, it's our responsibility as leaders to know when someone is not good for, for the company. As hard as it sounds and as hard as it, you know, it can feel. Because it's not, it's not a good feeling when you, you know, when you say, hey, no, it's, you know, like, you know, Sally, we, 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 gave, you, we gave you the chance, but we cannot work anymore. It's the hardest thing to do, but it has mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. um, for those people that you fired, and obviously that's like you said, it's the hardest thing to do, especially when you build a relationship, right? With someone. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, do you have any tips to go about that? Yeah. So you got to build a culture of transparency. 
like you know just everyone you have to be transparent with everyone up front and then you also promote that concept to everyone so you, you expect the same thing from everyone else as well mm -hmm. and that makes it a lot easier you know i tell mm -hmm. them like look i'm not happy with your output like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting results. I'm not doing this for the sake of, you know, you gotta, so this is how I, like, this is the first person that I fired, which was really hard for me to do. And this is how I, this is how I thought about it to make it, you know, to kind of get it, you know, to understand like why it should happen. So look, mm -hmm. if, if I don't fire them, first of all, it's not good for them because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm incentivizing them for the wrong thing. It's, it's going to affect their characteristic. It's going gonna, it's gonna to form a new personality, which then no one, no other company will also like. So they're mm -hmm. going to be left jobless when I say no to them. So yeah, I got to be upfront and tell them, you know, you know, not for my sake, for their sake. And the mm -hmm. second thing is, you, I'm not like, it's not just me. You got to think of the company. Like you got to prioritize the company before you. Yeah. Like prioritizing yourself is just, you know, it's ego driven. It's not, it's not like if you want to focus on growing the company, then the company comes first. If the company is not, you know, if, if the company going to be damaged, if the other employees in the company who are also being, you know, getting money like to support their family from, from us, then, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to risk their, you know, their life. So you gotta, you gotta be upfront. So mm -hmm. it's not, there's no easy shortcut about like, you just gotta do it. You gotta, it's like, okay, look, this is the time. Like I, I gave you one warning. Obviously we, you know, we try to give people a chance, but it's just, you gotta be quick about it because mm -hmm. people don't you can never learn a fish to fly and i had to learn that the hard way mm -hmm. do you think that it's it's just partially because of your somewhat being inexperienced at the time of trying to wishful thinking hiring someone and believing in them when their skills were not there and kind of now you Correct. pay more attention to who you're hiring so you're not have you don't have to fire mm -hmm. people that often as well Yeah, that's right. It's just lack of experience. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, I, I never had like, you know, I never like I, I started this all myself and my business partner, which we both didn't have a previous business experience. Mm -hmm. We didn't go to like a business school. We just like we're learning everything, you know, like firsthand experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the go, like you say. So, yeah. So that's one reason. Also, like we, you know, I used to believe in something Gary Vaynerchuk says as well. You got to hire fast, fire faster. Mm -hmm. So I'm right now i'm on the edge of hiring is slower and firing faster mm. i think that's been more effective in you know in our company just make like you said have more candidates like to talk to more people whether you talk to clients whether you talk to employees you got to talk to more people and then you you know you can you have more, when you have more options you instantly become you know more picky and your standards go higher mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wow so you also mentioned that you know in order to start scaling up you have to be profitable and you have to kind of pick your team what are what are the other things that you could recommend for someone who, who wants to scale up i mean building a system and building a team like you can break that down to so many different components mm -hmm. and like it just is a like, you know it's an it's gonna be like each of this this topic like it's something that you can you know search about and it will take you you know days weeks and months or like some people work try to you know be excellent at these two things for years and you know they still have room for improvement so mm -hmm. those two things are like i think those two things help me to grow like because when you can learn how to replicate that then that's one one way you can obviously grow you need to save more time the mm -hmm. other thing is um I, i guess one thing is the platform we started using like the system the system like we started using platform where uh, clients can communicate with us a lot easier mm -hmm. we're using uh, you know uh, we we started using a platform where like facebook group but it's just for our business you mm -hmm. know it's like it's, uh, it's our own platform where clients can come and we all communicate together so it saves so much time for our team to also you know not having to overly communicate which happens a lot in marketing oh yeah yeah of course like especially with meetings like you know a lot of uh, some of my you know I was fortunate to work with some franchise, like some well-known franchises here in Australia. And one thing that they always like, they always tell me is the marketing has just become all these pointless, you know, meetings. Like there's mm -hmm. this meeting par like paradox that happens in marketing. Like people just talk over and over again, you know, for hours every week. And then you, you ask them at the end of the meeting, what, what, what's now, what's happening now? And it's just like nothing. So this is what I would say. One more, one more thing, you know, this is one more thing that's also important result over everything mm -hmm. like it just that, that when you and th this is something that i probably would have said maybe two years ago as well but now the, the way i understand that is just so different like your clients result 
like that's what you get paid for. Mm-hmm. And there's nowhere you can escape that. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna start not losing clients, like not losing unqualified clients if you're getting them result. They like they all want to be with you. Like that, there's no like that's something you need to improve your skills. So that's one other thing that you know I I started becoming a bit of more of an analyst, like looking at like you know what what's working in the company, what's not working in the company. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so this service like we got we're offering like five services, let's say, mm-hmm. and out of this five, like majority of our income is coming from this one. And mm-hmm. out of this one, like this is the method we're using in this one service that's getting majority of the client result. That's why I ended up choosing, you know, flooring and blind because that method was working the best for them at the time. So that became my niche. Mm-hmm. So that, that started improving. So, so, so the, you know, so the, the metrics of result, that should be something that you religiously look at all the time and see like what's, what can you go and what components you can add. To give you one simple example, like just, you know, you get a lead, you can get it, you know, you can have a lead generation for this uh, home improvement for your business. Mm-hmm. And you, you get all these leads in an Excel spreadsheet and you give it to client. By just having, you know, by, you know that, that's the easiest thing you can do. And there's so many other components that you can add to this system where you can improve the conversion. You can have funnels, you can have, you know, you can actually learn about branding, which just opens up your, you know, it's, you're going to think about marketing in a different paradigm. Mm-hmm. So, so and then you start, you know, by, by having the leads, and now you start sending them an SMS and sending them an, uh, you know, sending them an email right up, right away after they sign up. Like, how much would that com- increase the conversion? And it's it's a big number. So we, mm-hmm. you know, so we did this test and we realized, okay, so w- less like business doesn't have to be complicated. Like we just let's simplify everything, write it on a whiteboard. What are these components that will have the highest amount of outcome for our clients? And let's just duplicate that for more people. And that's, that's how you can break through the 100K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to be able to bring results to your clients. And I do think that because some of them are not really good at sales as well, by doing the SMS, the reminders, I think you increase the chances of the leads actually showing up converting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we had it for, like, for ourselves, like included, we were getting lots of appointments I also mentioned before as well. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where we're getting lots, lots of appointments and not many people, like let's say one out of five turn up. Mm-hmm. Like that's a waste of time. I don't, I don't remember the exact data if it was one out of five or one out of four, but I remember it wasn't, it wasn't a good, impressive number. Mm-hmm. We started uh, you know, having three, three uh, you know, pre-written email, three, uh, three pre-written SMS that they get, you know, they receive even before the, before the meeting, like, you know, like an hour before the meeting. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. our, your meeting is going to be started soon. You ready? With a question mark you know and do those things to be on top of the client's mind because in most some cases like people are so busy right now thanks to social media like just everyone forget what they like what was the last ad you saw on facebook like it's, I, people don't remember they might even sign up for it but they forget about it so yeah. that's like you gotta be you gotta be on top of people's mind and the person who follows up with the customer more online or offline they start this they win the client yeah so you mentioned that you were really good at sales. What are your techniques of closing a client? If you could share a few of your what you do when it comes to when it comes to sale, when it comes to closing, for example. Yes, plenty. But look, so one thing is framing. Mm-hmm. So that's like you know, I think if you pre-frame the conversation you have with clients, right, like your chances just increase so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I learned. Like one good person that you can learn this from is Dan Locke. I, I don't like, so there's a lot of, of mixed opinions Locke. about him. Yeah, like there's a lot of mixed opinions about him. Like I must say, like a lot of like videos that claim that he's a scam artist. Like I, I don't, like, you know, I'm not against anyone. Like I, I, I think I, like everyone you can learn, like even people who might not have the good intention, you can st- still learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. And well, that, that's one thing that I think Dan Locke is great at is he's good at framing the people he talked to. So one thing I'll learn is when I talk to new clients, I tell them up front at the very start, look, this is, you know, there's two outcomes that could happen after this meeting. We could either stop working together or, you know, we can, we can, yeah. So that pre-framing, like it helped me a lot by pre-framing. And so I started like, I mean, by just doing it more, I got better at it. And one, the, the method that I'm using is the Jordan, uh, Jordan Belfort's methodology mm-hmm. in sales. So the, the, how he has a straight line. So he's just, mm-hmm. okay. So the, always the goal is to close, like no matter what, anytime, at any stage you're talking to the client, closing, whether you're right? just saying hi, like you always should be closing. And that's mm-hmm. like, that, that it actually works. Like it is some, sometimes like you could talk about like the, you know, you start talking about the lockdown in Melbourne and just becomes a, it becomes a new conversation. So it, that, that already tells a client that you don't, your, your time doesn't matter. 
you know, you, you don't value your time as much. So it just, um, you know, you always should be clawing still mm-hmm. like not, like not be disrespectful to the client, obviously, but you need to make sure that the client knows your time matters and, you know, you're there for one reason. So you actually use a technique when Doug and Dan Lok says, you know, dear Mr. Prospect, we are going to have, mm-hmm. you know, either we have business together or we don't, you know, I'd rather you say, you know, to me than say, I think about it, right? That is the technique that you use. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's the, that's the way he pre-frames the meeting. And that's actually working? Definitely. It helps wow. a lot. Yeah, because they, like, if they, like, there's so many clients, like it's so much easier to close them on the spot. When, when, I, like, when I measure, when I set it, and when I, the time I, should, I didn't say it, like, that actually has a big impact. Mm-hmm. So it's my conversion rate has definitely gone higher. Wow, I have to start doing that because, again, I, I do the same thing when I make them say yes, but at the same time, I've never been so upfront because I thought that this technique is a bit like upfront, but I think it's also disqualifying people who are not, they don't right. want to work with you, right? Why hide it? <laughs> Yeah, look, the one thing is like the mindset of like I when you can sometimes you can talk to clients and like everybody wants to be liked. Like I want to I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. But uh people if you even like like go go through your life, the decisions you made, you end up buying from people who you trust, not from people you like. Mm-hmm. And there's like the you know, and that's something that Dan Luck, I think that's something that he's kind of focusing on. Like he's mm-hmm. not like he's not the most charismatic guy on the planet. But he's very trustworthy when he speaks. He speaks mm-hmm. calm. He speaks, you know, slowly. So, yeah, so that's like, you know, that's one thing I learned as well. And the other thing is asking the tough questions from clients. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we get scared to ask them, like, like okay, why are you can't. And that, that, that transparency also, like, you know, it reflects on, you know, the, the way they talk to me as well. It also becomes more transparent. When mm-hmm. I'm talking to the client, hey, look, you, is it the money? Like, what, you don't have the money? Or is it, the, mm-hmm. you know, and it's cool, like, you know, but then, then it's not going to be disrespectful when they know I have this sort of attitude where I'm transparent mm-hmm. with them. They'll also be transparent with me. Like I have, like I said, I work with franchises where I bet they haven't shared their, you know, their finances to many people, mm-hmm. but they share it with us. Because I tell wow. them, like, look, marketing is like accounting. Like if you don't share, like if you, like you, you got to trust your legal team, your marketing team and your accountants. Mm-hmm. You, everything. I need to know your data. How much money do you make? Mm-hmm. So that, and that, like, you know, these are tough questions to ask. But they end up becoming, you know, it helps with you closing the client because you need to know why the hell they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, what helped me is to be adopting a doctor mentality. When you don't consider yourself as a salesperson, but as someone who genuinely wants to help and they need to know the symptoms in order for you to, you know, help them, cure them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Definitely. Um, so let's talk about the pandemic a bit, if you don't mind, and just... Sure. Has it been any impact on your business? Definitely. I work with flooring and blinds, like I said. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're not online businesses. They're, you know, so mm-hmm. they, it does affect, you know, we have, so I have to adapt really quick. Like mm-hmm. at, from early on that, okay, what are we going to do now? They're gonna, we're going to get them leads like they cannot actually, the client cannot go to them anymore, which like right now in Melbourne, there's a lockdown. Mm-hmm. So we had to readjust quickly, like, you know, that. So it kind of pushes me to even think outside of what my service scope is. Mm-hmm. You know, but I have to do it because I'm like, you know, I know that like we need to think outside the box for a client. But we have virtual showrooms now. Like client can be there without actually being there. Mm, you know, so wow. now we have like we can actually book online meetings. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, we can, so there's there's ways you can get around it. And mm-hmm. by just like, you know, have you need to just be better at getting more qualified, nurtured leads for our clients. So those leads are still happy to say yes to deals that are like, you know, harder to get, say, you know, that it's usually harder for them to say yes to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it adapts. Like, you know, it's just the, right, the pandemic force, like, uh, especially with marketing, like, you've got to be really good at what you're doing to, you know, mm-hmm. to still get the same, re- you know, not the same. Obviously, the result has gone down. It has got harder for me to get new clients. It has got harder to get the same client's result, but it's not impossible. It's still like, you can still push through the, you know, it's people mm-hmm. versus virus. Like, you, you got to push through the, push mm-hmm. through the force. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I think it's important to have the skill to be, adapting to the situation that's in front of you i think right. you did really good with the virtual the virtual you know meetings as well i think that's a really good idea that you come up with um yeah. you mentioned a lot of books as well uh during our conversation like what are the most 
uh, important books for you that really shifted your perception and helped you grow your business yourself? Like if you could recommend a few for the listeners. Right. Okay. The book I read is not, it's not like you can probably read the summary and you can get the mm-hmm. idea of the book. Like it's not really practical when you open the book, but it really changed my life. It's mm-hmm. 5 a.m. club. So it's a concept where you got to wake up by 5 a.m. in the morning and then you have to have a rigid routine where you follow every morning mm-hmm. and that gets you ready for the, for the day to have a, you know, to have a good pr- productive day. And that, that was a really good book that, you know, that, Again, the concepts might not be that much. It's just mm-hmm. you got to wake up 5 a.m. You exercise, mm-hmm. you, you know, you read a book and like self-reflect. But that that book just like, you know, it, like I've been following that sort of uh, routine and it's been helping me to be a lot more productive. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, the, like there's few things like, you know, we all know it's good, but we don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. like, for example, one thing is self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really go through our day and see, okay, I got this many things done yesterday. I, you know, this was the outcome for this client, this project, and this is what I got. And this is what I did this week. This is what I, you know, and then you start self-evaluating, like what could I have done better? Mm. You know, what, what could, out of all these tasks I did, like mm-hmm. I go, I go through my tasks, like what could I have I eliminated? Mm-hmm. What kind of, could I have I improved on? And mm-hmm. that like self-reflection help, helps a lot. Exercise helps, like I'm more energetic when I exercise. Mm-hmm. And also reading a book too. Like, you know, just, I try to, try to read books every morning and try mm-hmm. to kind of acquire new knowledge and try to not just read, but to implement it like mm-hmm. straight away, like try to turn it into like actual wisdom, try not, you know, not, I mean, learning is not enough. Mm-hmm. But so that's one good book that helped me. And the other one, uh, yeah, good, uh, good to great. That was a great book as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that's like kind of, it's that, that's the book that kind of helped me to think of, you know, I got to think, make things simple, just be great at one thing. Mm-hmm. Just be the best at one thing and forget about everything else. Like mm-hmm. the business doesn't have to be too complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the other one is Sell Like Crazy by Sebri. Mm-hmm. That's a great marketing book. So he talks about sales, but he's a, he's a marketer. So he talks about, like, you know, you learn about copywriting, you learn about funnels, you learn about, you know, how you can have your landing page. Like it, it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's very practical. So that's a great book as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess those are, the, those are the top three that I can Yeah, thank you so much for those recommendations. Um, I have a segment that I've started to implement lately, and it's about fuck-ups. <laughs> if okay. you had to mention, what was your biggest fuck-up during your agency career? What would you say? Uh, I mean, there's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so look, we had this, uh, you know, so what I, one, one big, fuck up that I can think of on top of my, like, you know, it probably is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. We had a client and this was like, at the time, this was our biggest client at the time. Like mm-hmm. a majority of our revenue came from this one client. And like, this was going to be like, like this was, we're talking million dollar deal. Like this mm-hmm. was going to be a massive, massive project. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just didn't focus on it. Like, you know, you, you only get opportunities few times in life and mm-hmm. like certain opportunities kind of, boost you up so much mm-hmm. and at the time i i just become you know i i thought i thought that's my norm now i'm going to get every client that's going to be the same mm-hmm. and i didn't put enough time and focus on that one client and mm-hmm. just treated them like every other client even though mm-hmm. it's, it had that potential like it wasn't just you know it wasn't just conversation like we were going that way like and the, already most of my income come from there so i think not being like you know i like to say like that i'm very capitalistic mm-hmm. but i should have been more capitalistic at the time like the client's giving me more money. I need to, you know, I need to serve yeah. more value to those clients that are giving me more. Same with, it's same happened with employees as well. Like, you know, you got to look at your employees. Whoever is doing more, they got to get more incentive. Mm-hmm. And if that's not the culture, which is not in most businesses, even, you know, I see a lot of experience, like lo- people who are working for a long time. That's not the, the way they set their business. There's just a fixed income. Mm-hmm. You know, so there should be, so not having that capitalistic approach, especially mm-hmm. with that client, that was my biggest fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, obviously when you start out, you don't really know those things as well. So I think that would, that would explain. So would you go about yeah. it differently now? Would you be like, okay, if it's the highest paying client and I focus all my energy or most of my energy on that, right? Yeah, I will be capitalistic. I will see how much how my income is on that client and I'll put the same, like I will allocate the same amount of time on that client. 
Mm-hmm. I'll make it more fair. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, uh, let's go back a bit about uh, company culture and team building because I feel like your approach is a bit different than anyone else's because you said, oh, you have a Facebook group and then you don't waste time on meetings too much. Like, do you have still a very clear expectation from your employees or how do you go about that to build a company culture? Yeah, so like, look, we have weekly meetings. You know, like I say, we, so we want to have a culture of growth. We want to have a culture of transparency. Like, again, like that's a really big one because like later on when you want to fire them, it's going to be impossible. Like, it's going to be hard. Like, you're going to be stifled. But when you have that transparency, it's a lot easier. And also, the, you know, obviously, the expectation has to be clear. It has to be clear. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know every single person. If they're confused, they're not going to work. The la- like, this is like lack of work, lack of productive. Is, mm-hmm. it's caused by you not being certain about what you're doing or what you're here for. Mm-hmm. So that happens with, you know, with employees sometimes as well. They might like, they need to know to the dot exactly what they, what, what your expectation from each project is. And we even have like, you know, we have our hourly KPI where, mm-hmm. you know, so this is what we're expecting from you. This mm-hmm. is productivity. Like, you know, they, they calculate the, the, you know, the GPE of the, the whole country by their level of productivity. Mm-hmm. Like you got, we got to be productive. A company that's, you know, that's growing is productive. So we need to measure that. So we have KPI, mm-hmm. uh, hourly KPI, mm-hmm. and uh, we we discuss those. K- uh, we we have a weekly. We also have a weekly accountability meeting as well, oh, where wow. we go through like we actually go through numbers. If there's certain questions we have, we ask them like, why is this client result? Like, why is the outcome for this client gone down? Mm-hmm. What happened? Like we, you know, we, what, what's happening with this sort of content? Like the, the engagement seems going down. Like you know, so we we have that type of meeting to to make mm-hmm. sure everyone knows that this is, you know, we obviously care about the client, the client's result, and we, you know, we want to be productive and we all, also want to be growing and while being transparent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting when you mentioned that you are thriving for excellence, and I think I heard it from Brian Trace initially the first time. And, um, but he was also mentioning that if you pick a niche, uh, for example, you want to be excellent at what you do, right, in your niche, um, mm-hmm. he said that you have to pick a niche and you have to see if you can be the best at. Obviously, you have to look at who is doing really well and you have to see if you can exceed that person. And if you can't exceed that person, you have to pick a different niche or a different, you know, career, whether it's sales or marketing. Absolutely. So like I say, like you got to choose one. It's, and it's the, the concept of blue ocean strategy. Like mm-hmm. it just be too messy if you try, you know, if you cannot, like right now marketing is a, the, as red as it gets. Mm-hmm. Like every every street corner is someone who claims to be a marketing expert. Mm-hmm. So we need like, if we cannot be good is not enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Good, is, good is not enough to break through like, you know, the income barriers. We got to mm-hmm. like, you know, so that's, I, no, I totally agree. Like you just got to see what, and like if you already like if you haven't established a company like you want to start a new agency then or if you're like early on your agency then you got to look okay like you know what what am i you know so there's few questions you got to ask mm-hmm. like one is right now currently my current income like where is it coming from mm-hmm. what what is the exact service that i'm offering that is coming like you know where is that coming from the second thing is what i'm good at you know, what mm-hmm. are you personally, you and your team, like what everybody, like, you know, in your team or yourself, like, what are you good at that you can offer? Mm-hmm. And also, where do you see that, you know, obviously starting, like you said, starting the competitors, starting what others are offering, like, you know, how can you com- compete with that? Like, how can you be the best in the world? Like, is how much there's, how much there's supply in the market for that service? Mm-hmm. And again, I went to like, I think this is really something that most people, and it's very practical, but mm-hmm. most people fell short on it. Like you can, I call most of our competitors and i said i'm a client to see what their process is like wow you can get so much knowledge like you can get so much there's so much insight you can get especially like you can go for people who are way ahead of you and then you can still like you know not still but model let's say (laughs) you can model what they're doing and implement it for your own business like you know it's a concept of like similar to what russell uh, russell bronson called it funnel hacking Mm -hmm. like you can you can hack someone's business Mm-hmm. We don't have to, you know, some cases we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I think that's a great yeah. advice to just go to your competitors and just be a customer and see how they treat you. What are the questions that they're asking you, especially if they're trying to sell you to let them sell you and let them see what, you know, yeah, how they absolutely. do it. 
Yeah, I think definitely. A, I think it's a great approach, and a lot of people are afraid of even doing that and just going to their competitors and just see what they have to do because I don't know why. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I mean well, it's a, it's a one of those things like the like you know the the when you break down your task list like you know into four category. So the way I do it is the same with the seven habits of successful people. One is things that are urgent and are important that you have to do then you cannot avoid. There's mm -hmm. one that's urgent and not uh, not important. Mm -hmm. So those things you gotta outsource. One is this important, not important and not urgent. You gotta outsource. And there's one that people never spend time on. This is working on, on your business, not in your business. Things that are, that are not urgent, but are important. Mm -hmm. People like people don't like. I, I don't think I see enough leaders and CEOs spending enough time here. Like this, if you spend enough time here, your income will go higher. The rest mm -hmm. will just maintain where you're at. Mm -hmm. That like so that like the challenge is how can you save more time and be more productive so you can spend more time on tasks that are uh, not urgent but are important, like calling your you know competitors mm -hmm. and there's many tasks like that that we all know we, what's the right thing to do but we just because we, we kind of stuck in the business it's hard to break out of it um i heard from a lot of agency owners that their ultimate goal is to really step out of the agency and just be observing and just make sure everything is automated and maybe spend 20 percent just you know closing people perhaps or just have one task that they keep for themselves and the rest they outsource like What's your take on that? Because I don't feel like you want to step out of the business anytime soon. No, look, because look, the, it depends what you want. You got to be self-aware. You know, I did this, the Gary, like at one point I was opposed, like I was kind of opposed to that idea. It's mm -hmm. like, why you got to be the greatest. Like, why would you say to someone they should be patient? Like, just let them, you know, I want to be, I want to be the greatest now. So mm -hmm. one thing is you got to know yourself because I gave that advice to many of my close, like, you know, re my either relatives or my mm -hmm. friends. And I convinced them to become business owners and like I because I'm influential and I wasn't responsible because I influenced them to be someone they're not. Mm. And then they like, you know, and then down the track. So you got to see what you want out of life. Mm -hmm. And then you make you think backwards. R right now, I, I'm taking the approach of being the greatest business I can be. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to be there. Like, I don't want it to stop. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, you got to be in a position where everything is automated and systemized and, you know, as much as you can, you can dedicate, but you still have your input is still in, important working on the business. It doesn't like I'm not, I don't want to be in a place where like the business earns money, I get income and I, I sit in like near the beach with my laptop, you know, with my partner and I'm just enjoying like I, I don't want that. So mm -hmm. I'm just self-aware and there's nothing wrong with that or there's nothing wrong with like any approach that, you know, people want to have. So if you know, if that's something that makes you happy, like I, I like, I like working. Mm -hmm. I, I like, you know, I like, I like to hustle. Mm -hmm. I like to, you know, I like to come to office at the same time, just work, grind, grind it out, mm -hmm. and trying to see where I can improve and improve myself, build my characteristics, you know, start learning more. And there's no stop to it. I don't like, like there's no, there's no point of stop. So that's like that's where I'm self-aware. It's mm -hmm. not good. It's not something that everybody has to follow, but it's just. I know if I if I don't have anything to do, I will come back to do this. Mm -hmm. So if you have not, if you're not, don't have to do anything, what will you do? It's just like you know, some people want to want you know. I know you know. So some people might not want to work as much, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it just mm -hmm. starts from knowing like why do you exist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great, and I feel the same way. And I always get shit mm -hmm. on by people like, oh my god, you're a workaholic. Like, why can't you just stop? You work on the weekends, like. Um, and a lot of people obviously want to step out of their businesses. So I'm so happy that, that you have the same like mindset that you just want to grind and you want to work. And no matter what, you feel um, fulfilled and accomplished to be doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. And if, if you just had to do nothing, that you would not feel as productive or, or fulfilled. Personally, I feel the same way. So <laughs> I'm so glad that there's someone else who feels the same way. You don't yeah, we're totally on the same out. page. Absolutely. I, I relay. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Sam, for being here and giving those advices. Do you have something that you do? Do you do consulting? Like, is, because obviously you have a really good insight on how to scale up from that 100K. Uh, is this something that you're planning to do more and help agency owners as well? Um, can you tell us a bit more about that or is it just something that you wanted to share with the listeners? 
No, I will be opening, uh, you know, I will be opening my channel where mm -hmm. I will do, you know, I will try to aim to add value. I got mm -hmm. nothing to sell. So, you know, mm -hmm. but my, my, my ultimate goal is to add value and, you know, mm -hmm. help people. I know it's not easy sometimes, you know, you don't know some of the questions you have, especially, uh, you know, I think one challenge, one thing that I can add value with, with my upcoming channel, maybe I can send you a link and then maybe, I don't mm -hmm. know, you can put it somewhere. But, yeah, uh, some, you know, one thing that I, what I see is we, we, we consume contents from people that are so ahead of us that their advice is not really personalized for us anymore. It's wow, like, you know, they're like, you know, you, you, you look into the book principle by Ray Dalio mm -hmm. and they might, they might say like build the business top down. Like, you know, you're like, oh, it's a cool concept. And we, you know, we dive in like, okay, that's good. But sometimes certain things don't apply to you where you're at. Mm -hmm. You got to know like from like the 10, 10K a month business, like, you know, the, the, the principles that you got to follow is different from 20K, from 30K mm -hmm. to 40K. Mm -hmm. So I think like, you know, so I'm, I can hopefully be more relatable to people who are where I, you know, where I'm at or where I was, you know, like a year or two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow, I, I really can't wait. Do you already have the channel or you you want to create it in the future? Oh, I haven't uploaded any videos yet, but I will I will be uploading soon. Okay, cool. Okay, we'll make sure to link the, your channel in the description as well of this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, whenever no it's worries, airing, so definitely. people can come learn from you. Do you also do consultation for, for people that are in need of your input as well? Like, Is this something that you are thinking about doing to consult people who are listening no. and like, okay, I need Sam to tell me how to do this? I'm not, I'm not doing like, you know, just, I, I will, I will have to dedicate time to, if I want to go mm -hmm. on, you know, if I like, I will, I will be on my channel. I will obviously try to respond mm -hmm. to as many comments as I can. And I will make videos, mm -hmm. what people, you know, but I'm not right now. I'm not doing any one-on-one okay. -on -one converse uh, consultation. Oh, that's okay. I think uh, a lot of people can learn from the, the videos as well that you're going to put out. All right. Thank you so much, Sam, for being here. You are awesome. No and worries. I really Thank wish you. you. Appreciate Good it. Good luck. Same way. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Goodbye.